Welcome to the Joint Practices Podcast. Hey, pick them, that's the name of the game. Yo, 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 hold up, hold up. Let's do this right. Hey, pick them, that's the name of the game. Snatching winners every week like a turnover chain. Uh, picking spreads over under long shots. Ah, you know we got it cause our bank rolls on top. Welcome inside the Week 11 Joint Practices Podcast Pick'em Show. I'm your host, Sean Lamont. What you are about to hear is a little bit of game preview that was from the last episode that went really long, so we had to cut it down. So we're going to hear Jordan and Steve and myself preview Week 11 games for the Eagles, Vikings, and the Patriots, and then we'll come back to us for the Pick'em Show. Time to get to some Week 11 matchups. Sorry this episode has been so long, but here we go. We have the Eagles visiting the Colts. Jeff Saturday is 1-0 as the coach of the Colts. Uh, This is not the Las Vegas Raiders. They actually have a legitimate test on their hands. They are going to have to uh, try to copy Washington's script. I, I don't see that happening to the Eagles twice in a row. Uh, just, you know, being manhandled like that by time of possession and whatnot. Uh, I would almost like to say I have a feeling Nick Sirianni, if they win the coin toss, is going to take the ball first, which they normally try to take the ball in the second half and double up. But I can just see him being like, you know what? I want the ball. We're going to go down there. We're going to impose our will, and we're going to start this thing off right. Yeah. Also, the Colts don't have the same... Uh, wide receiver power that the Washington Seawards do. Yep, they have um, Michael Pittman. And while while the Colts running back might be more talented than both of the Washington running backs uh, combined, you just don't like put Darius Lay on Michael Pittman and then let the rest. Yep, you know, play Short out the itself. way it will. Um, yeah, this should be. This I want them to completely player. sell out to stopping the run. Yeah, they have to, because you can't you can't get in a situation where you're allowing a team to have an opportunity to run 21 third down plays once again back to back weeks. Right. You just don't. You can't do it. Like easily. I mean, if the Eagles can find a way to have six possessions in the first half and they can score on three of them, the game should be over. Yep, and you know we. We talked about it, alluded to it earlier. The Eagles are making an effort to change things by signing 34-year-old defensive tackle Linval Joseph, absolute mammoth of a human being, a true nose tackle. One of the greatest fumble recoveries for a touchdown (laughs) in Minnesota Vikings history. Rumbling, bumbling, stumbling. Him sitting on the sideline with his sunglasses on and the oxygen mask over his face. just. I mean... This is a guy who should be able to come in, you know, depending on if he's still in football shape because he hasn't played all year. I mean, rounds of shape. I mean, he should be able to come in and do exactly what Jordan Davis was doing. Just those few snaps, first and second down, you know, every other series, whatever it takes, he should be able to do that. And then when Jordan Davis comes back, now you have two of them. Now you are you have depth and you're able to rotate and keep that up. So when Davis comes off the field, Joseph goes on and nobody will run on this team and you'll be forcing them to throw the ball and that's when Slay and Bradbury 
and Maddox, when he comes back, can do their thing. So that's what I'm – I don't know if he'll be able to play this week. I mean, he signed today, which is what, Wednesday? And they play on Sunday, so maybe, maybe not. Maybe he'll be active enough to, you know, play a few snaps, but we'll see. Anyways, skull, 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 skull. Yeah, the Vikings hosting the Dallas Cowboys this week. Um, your your division rival, you know, it's Dallas week, baby, right? Is that what is that what you say, Sean? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, the your division rival, the Green Bay Packers, who have struggled mightily all year long. They lost five in a row. On the heels of a five-game losing streak. Um, everybody writing them off. Everybody just, you know, piling on Aaron Rodgers, left, right, and center, allowed Aaron Rodgers to go 14 of 20 and throw three touchdown passes to Christian Watson. Um, Aaron Jones. They ran the ball down their throat. Aaron Jones, who has had an up-and-down season, looked like vintage Aaron Jones in this game. I mean, they just gave you the recipe, folks. And while I think Green Bay's defense at times has the ability and the talent to do more than the Vikings' defense does, I mean, I think it's right there for the taking. Um, Dak Prescott, well, is going to make some some mistakes. Uh, he made some bad decisions. Like, this is not Josh Allen making a poor throw. This is Dak Prescott making bad decisions and throwing back-to-back interceptions to the same friggin' guy. Like that, you know. You have I, I if you can have a um a safety sitting there in the middle of the field, like waiting for the quarterback, you know, just watching his eyes and waiting for him to make a mistake. Like Rudy Ford picked off Dak Prescott twice in this game by just sitting in the middle of the field, watching Prescott's eyes and coming up and making a play. And if Rudy Ford can do it, then Harrison Smith can do it as well. Or Patrick Peterson can do it as well as he's kind of been the third safety in many uh, spots for the Vikings. This is just, you know, stick your game plan offensively. Yeah, and for the Cowboys, I mean, we were talking about this about the first game against the Bucks, and for whatever reason, they were you know solely putting it on Dak Prescott to to win these games and trying to have him, you know, uh, force the ball to CD Lamb, and and that's exactly. I mean, yeah, this game or the last game, anyways, gets the Packers. They forced to him and they got it to him, and he had a really great game. But you know, at the end of the day, that's not going to win you the football game. You know, you can have a crazy stat line, but doesn't yeah. mean that's going to, you know, balance out. And we're talking about, you know, just recently about with the Eagles, where the commanders were able to run the ball. And even though the stat line didn't look that great, they controlled the game. And it's when Cooper Rush was quarterback, they controlled the game because they went to the run game. And with Ezekiel Elliott, he wore down the defenses to where then you can do the one two punch, have Pollard come in there and hit those home runs. And that's exactly what Dallas needs to do, but they're not going to do it because they're going to look at it like, oh, high-powered offense with Dak Prescott. We're just going to sling it 
every single time, hey, we're in Dallas, we're just going to sling it. No, you're not going to win football games with that. And I see them, unfortunately, going through the same motions as they did the last game into this game against the Vikings because they're going to try to outscore them. And I'm sorry, you can't outscore this high-powered Vikings offense. You just can't. You like, can't. I, I think that Dallas would have the opportunity if they – now, here's a big if – when they're running the ball, if they go to the right side of the line, which is the strong side of their line right now, they would have a lot of success running the ball. But I don't think Kellen Moore is smart enough to continue to hold on to that. Um, I think he wants to be, you know, those top of the league kind of offense. Like he wants to score a lot of points. And that leads to, uh, to problems because, like, you just mentioned Jordan. Uh, it's it's force feeding the ball to Ceedee Lamb. He's the only guy out there making plays for you right now in the pass game. And eventually, you know, again going to the well one too many times. It's it's. I think that might be what ends up costing them because I I do think they would have a great ability to uh, control the clock. You know, control the game through the run game. If Zeke is eligible to play this week, him and Tony Pollard, I think that they could, you know, use that to their advantage. But will they is the question. Um, and then again, you know, the question of is he just going to sit there and telegraph throws again and allow the safety to just read his eyes and just pick him off a couple times <laughs> during this game? As far as Dak Prescott is concerned, I'm not scared of this Dallas defense. I think their best corner is, you know, susceptible to double moves. Very I don't think he, I don't think he's a great cover corner. I think he's just that type of guy that wants to step up and make a play. I think Justin Jefferson a couple times in this game is going to leave him in his dust. And it's going to make people question whether or not Trayvon Diggs is any good at all. And, you know, I look forward to it. I hope the offensive line can slow down the pressure that Dallas has been able to put on quarterbacks. Micah Parsons is going to be an issue. We'll see what Kevin O'Connell comes up with as far as protection schemes in order to uh, allow Cousins to throw the ball down the field. And I think that's been their biggest issue is in obvious blitzing downs, Kevin O'Connell hasn't put in place play calls that allow Kirk Cousins to have success, which is three-step drop, get the ball out of your hands. Time and time again, we've seen these, you know, third and third and eight, third and nine and more. And they're looking for Cousins to drop five, seven steps. And by the time he hits his back foot, there's a guy right on him. Like you have to know, you have to have, you know, that in your mind, go, Hey, listen, they're probably going to go zero here. If you see zero, let's call this play and let's just get the ball out of your hands and hope that our playmakers can find a way to pick up a first down. Like they have to be way more cognizant of the fact that that is really hindering their ability to stay on the field uh, more often than not, because it, that it's really when they're beating themselves. It's penalties. It's uh, you know, poor execution in the early downs. 
and in you know in those times where they have those third and longs, can they pick up those first downs, sustained drives? That's going to be really where their success comes against this uh, Dallas defense, who's really up front is way better than they are uh, in the back end. So should be a fun game, but God damn it, would I hate to lose to Dallas? Uh, if you do, I'll punch you in the wiener. <laughs> Promise? Yes. Okay. All right, Jordan. All right. The Patriots are back to playing football again, right? Yes, sir. Patriots host the Jets. Yes. The Jets? It's kind of like we've seen them recently. Uh, Yeah, three weeks ago, according to uh, Zach Wilson's math, it was two weeks ago. Uh, But, yep, three weeks ago we faced the Jets. Going to be facing them again this week. Uh, Something, you know, because I was doing a little – doing a little cold action the last two weeks, but honestly, haven't been able to talk about the Patriots as my son alluded to as me being snuffle off, I guess. Um, <laughs> but as far as the Patriots, you know, the last two games have their offenses consisted off of Nick Folk and the defense getting him in good field position. So obviously, you know, for this game, it's going to be all about getting the that base, offense. About the base. About Sorry. that base. About that base. <laughs> You want to see my base. My base. No trouble. <laughs> but for the Patriots, it's all going to be getting that offense going. Uh, you had a week, you know, to kind of go over, try to figure it out, try to move some pieces. Obviously, uh, during practice, they've been trying some new things. It seems like they're going to have Kajus as their right tackle, and they're going to have Isaiah Wynn playing left tackle. Now, Trent Brown, who is 100% healthy, no injuries, no nothing, he is looking to be benched. Uh, looks like now with David Andrews coming back, they're going to have, you know, and hopes that Cole Strange is going to just with Andrews being back in the lineup, be able to pick up where he was when he was in there. And, you know, maybe with you know the center being the quarterback off the offensive line, be able to point him in the right direction. Um, and then it's just going to be about, hey, establishing the run. We have two good running backs, you know, Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson. And just try to build off of that, make some you know decent plays, not have the defense know exactly what plays you're calling, thanks to Matt Patricia, and really just build off of that to get the offense. Because you know, as far as defense, hey, we know what they are. They're a pretty good defense so far. They've showed really out. They've kept the Patriots in games. They even you could say won them games. And that Jets last Jets game, yeah, they won them that game. And it's it's going to be interesting to see though. Last game against the Jets, they played a little bit back and they allowed, you know, Zach Wilson to make the mistakes, which he did. So it'll be interesting to see if the Patriots go with that same motto, try to hope that maybe, you know, they can get those same mistakes. Um, But yeah, for the Patriots, it's just limiting the mistakes. That's the keys to victory, limiting their mistakes. You know, make sure with Mac Jones, he's not throwing interceptions or not making any bad decisions. And then for the defense, you know, just play style like they have been. As far as Nick Folk, Dude, just an animal. And also, too, sack leader, Matthew Judon. He's going to be the guy that's going to take over this game if they're looking to get that victory. And also, too, if they win, they have a really good shot at the playoffs, even though they have a really tough stretch ahead of them. But this is one way. This is the win, almost a must win, if they have any thought of making the playoffs. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, for me, I just want to see the Patriots offense do something different. Um, 
I hope that maybe in this bye week they had an opportunity to reflect on what they've been doing on offense and just something than you know 11 and 12 personnel. Like you, you got to you got to get more more motion to help Mac Jones out and read what the defense is giving him um the, the play action, the RPO game is where Mac's strength comes from in the passing game. And if you're not going to allow him to do that, I just think that they're setting him up for, for failure. Uh, last year, he showed you the type of quarterback he can be as a rookie. Like, you know, he, he has way more information now. Uh, he, he has more experience. You know, there's always a sophomore slump kind of situation that you're worried about. But when you have a new play caller and your play caller is not experienced in calling offenses, um, I think it makes things more difficult for you. But I would just love to see Patricia and Judge, you know, set more plays up for him just to be successful as far as, you know, let's let's run this play where we know, you know, even pick plays, things like that, where you know you can get the ball quickly out of your hand into one of your playmakers' hands, whether it be, you know, Tyquan Thornton, who just has a ton of speed, you know, any of these guys, uh, you know, Kendrick Bourne, uh, just, you know, get get the ball out into their hands in the passing game and let them, you know, pick up yards for you. Because I think the way that they their offense, their passing game has been going recently, it's just, it's it's very difficult, like, you're you're forcing Mac Jones to work with his accuracy, which he's a very accurate quarterback. But it's not gonna maintain a lot of success when you have one guy who can create separation, and he's still unproven because he's only played like four games so far this year. Uh, running backs, you know, Ramondre Stevenson has been terrific, and that you know I'm sure they're gonna lean on him as they have for most of the season, but just make uh, put Mac Jones in successful spots and it's going to pay dividends for you on offense. Yeah. And to kind of uh, go off of what you're saying anyways, is that they need to make the offense simple. Now, uh, what I mean by simple is what they had with Bailey Zappi. Now, simple does not mean that simple where the other team knows exactly what you're doing simple, like going in shotgun on second down on the novice, obvious passing situations. No, I'm saying simple that your players, your players on your team know exactly what's going on and know what the game plan is from start to finish. And also too, it has a lot to do with personnel last year. Why Mac Jones was so successful personnel. They had a true fullback. So when they were in situations, you didn't know if they were going to run it or throw it. As you alluded to, Steve, about play action and RPOs, being able to confuse the defense where you're in an I formation, you could come out, you could do anything out of the I formation. And that's what Mac Jones really strived off is having those. And then guess what? Then it's an open read because when you get in that play action and the whole defense is thinking that you're going to be handing it off to a guy who's been getting four to five yards per carry, and then you just dump it over the top, 
it becomes easy. And then once we're, once again, we're talking about before rhythm, then you're building that rhythm and building that confidence to where you're more wanting to make those deep throws and wanting to make those tough throws, which he made last year. He's not a bad quarterback. He has the accuracy. He was working on his arm strength last year. He needs a confidence. And unfortunately, a lot of his confidence has been taken away. I mean, to have a whole stadium rooting for your backup quarterback, to have your coaches not even have your back when they're on you know, and again, in front of the media anyways, it's not good. It's not good. And and they need to keep on building on that and give them some easier situations. Unfortunately, going back to the personnel, I don't feel like they have the personnel to do that for him. The personnel fits more of Bailey Zappi than it does for Mac Jones. Yeah, so, I mean, they, they have the they have guys there who can make plays for you. Um, listen, the Jets have a hell of a cornerback out there in sauce Gardner, and they're really the way that the reads should be going for them on offense and this is where like things like pre-snap motion are going to be super helpful for mac jones in this game and something that they need to implement because you know having sending a guy whoever like if they can set up three wide receiver sets and they can have whoever's in the slot moving in motion from one side of the line to the other is going to tell Mac Jones where his matchups are. And you're going to throw like basically what should end up happening is wherever sauce is uh, lining up, you should have a slot receiver there and move him to the other side of the, you know, the offensive line and see where your matchup is, see where you have the advantage and then move to get the ball to him in play action because you're going to move up, you know, the middle of that defense. And if you can get in between, um, they should be able to move the ball all day because aside from sauce, I think that they can create mismatches there uh, in the passing game. And I think doing so is going to be tremendous for Mac Jones. Is, again, very accurate, incredibly smart. And if he can find mismatches, in that defense. I mean, I think they can be way more successful than they were uh, just a couple weeks ago when they played the Jets. Yeah. And, you know, the Jets defense for their secondary, you know, we're talking about Sauce Gardner and also, you know, their other cornerback, uh, DJ Reed. They're all young cornerbacks. So if you're able to confuse them, this is their still first year in the league. If you can really confuse them and give them different packages and stuff, that's how you're going to exploit that defense. And it's, you know, uh, it's going to take, like you're saying, misdirections. And Jacoby Myers is one of those players that can be able to find the holes in the defense and make those type of plays. And and it's more so they can move down the field. They've done it. They, they you know, rely on a lot on the run. It's when they come into the red zone that all their struggles, hence why Nick Folk has, has so many freaking field goals this year as he does is because they can't capitalize once they get into the red zone. And that's where they really have to rely on the misdirections, getting, getting their big players, which is Hunter Henry. It was, they were so Henry. Hunter yeah. Henry. Why he was so successful last year and had so many touchdowns is because yeah. they opened him up. They made it in the, once again, talking about misdirections, running, you know, play action and really confusing the defense to get him open. And they need to continue that. And now listen, you know, Matt Patricia, he's never been in the situation before. It's his first year as being an offense coordinator. I can give him a break as far as that goes. But this is the time when you really need to, because guess what? You're not hurting your career. 
you're hurting your franchise quarterback's career right now. So they need to figure it out and they need yeah. to figure it out fast. If and then Robert Sala is gonna sell out to stop the run because he knows that's kind of where they're gonna lean because it's the strength of their offense is their ability to move the ball on the ground. And I think if they can get the ball deep into the red zone, um, you know, having like Hunter Henry, John U. Smith, whomever, like even if they do like a tackle eligible play, like doing one of those slam release plays down on the goal line out of play action, I think should open up an opportunity for them to score touchdowns rather than having to settle for field goals. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us here on the Pick'em Show Week 11. A little bit of recap from Week 10. We had the Commanders at the Eagles. We had the Vikings at the Bills. We had the Chargers at the Niners. Lions at the Bears. Seahawks at the Bucks. Cowboys at the Packers. It was a shit show. Steve won the week at 4-2. and two. Me and Jordan were 2-4. and four. Was not pretty. Updated standings. Steve takes the lead after this week. 42-18. and 18. Jordan is 41 and 19, and I'm down here twiddling my thumbs. 38 and 22. Well above 500, folks. That's good enough, right? We're doing all right. One notable from this week, Steve predicted the Bucks to win 20 to 17. They win 21 to 16. Goddamn Gino doesn't fumble in the red zone. That's irrelevant. But he did, and here we are. Soup. Jordan, how you doing? Feeling pretty good. Feeling fantastic. Ready to pick some noses? I mean, games? Yeah. Pretty, yeah. Picking them. Just a reminder that the Joint Practices Podcast Pick'em Show is brought to you by BetOnline.net. is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from basketball to football to soccer, esports. They got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those there as well. Of course, bet online is always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Don't forget, you can bet on the NFL, the NHL, MMA, boxing, golf. They got it all. So head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more. It's bet online where the game starts. And we start the week 11 pick'em show. Jordan, we're going to bring you back into the fold here. Because the Jets are 6-3, and three, hosting the Patriots 5-4, and four, the 1 o'clock game on CBS. Patriots got the home three points here. Three-point favorite. Over-under is a whopping 38. <laughs> Both of these teams were on a bye last week. They played in Week 8, and the Patriots won 22-17. Steve, we'll start with you. Uh, J-E-T-E. Uh, whatever that guy said there at the draft and misspelled Jets. I don't know how you do that, but you did. Um, I do think that the Jets end up winning this game 22-19. Uh, to 19. Sometimes I think you take ears of corn and you smash them up against my anus. <laughs> because... <laughs> it sounds kinky, but I don't know. I don't know what it's that means. not. It sounds <laughs> it, but I tell you, it is not from experience. I got the Jets winning 24 to 17. 22 to 19. Jordan. Uh, that is not an ass carrot. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, geez. Every single time you guys pick against the Patriots, it feels like it's, you know, 
stab and twist. But I, I don't necessarily disagree, but I can't pick away from my Patriots. I got to be that different one. And also, too, it's a home game. So playing at home, just, you know, I don't know what it is, especially, too. It's going to be a little bit chilly at New England. Uh, I get the Patriots winning this one. I got them winning 24-17, and I have the Patriots actually scoring touchdowns and not relying on Nick Folk. I think that with a bye week, listen, Belichick does it better than any of them. And guess what? Two teams coming off a bye week, I have the edge for Bill Belichick. This is going to be a out-coaching game, and that's where Patriots take it for the dub. Yeah, it's going to be real chilly in Foxborough because it's absolutely balmy in New Jersey right now. Just scorcher down there. <laughs> the well, he said it's going to be chilly in New England, and that's quite the broad brush there. <laughs> <laughs> There's fucking snow in my driveway, so. Yeah. There's that. It's right. November. I know. It's not even Thanksgiving, and it snowed. They canceled school today because of snow. Hey, yeah, I I know. We're in the same district. All right, well, District 12. May the odds be in your favor. Going on to the 8-1 Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Indianapolis to face the 4-5-1 Indianapolis Colts. Woof. This is a 1 o'clock game on CBS. Eagles 6.5 point favorite, which I think is an exaggeration swing because they lost last week. Over under is 44. Last week, the Eagles lose to the Commanders. Colts beat the Raiders and Jeff Saturday's return to the Colts, this time as a head coach. Last time they faced was in 2018. It was September the 23rd. The Eagles squeaked out a 20-16 win. Jay Watt, Jay Watt, Jay so if you remember going a little uh back to the future type thing uh when you're back in high school days when you had your homecoming game and everybody would you know you'd have your rally anyways and everybody would start cheering for you know cheering for your team and it's all that ah all the excitement the hype and every ways and then your team would go out there pull off a win and everything would be great then the next game you know, because you're a terrible team, you go out there just fucking suck. Well, this has a lot of similarities to that because all the excitement was there for the intern head coach. Everybody wanted to win for him. Everybody wanted to win for Matt Ryan. And it's really hard to repeat that, and especially when you're playing two completely different teams. As much as we saw the Eagles, you know, in some ways drop the ball against the commanders, you're not going to see that again. So I got the Eagles coming here, and this they're just going to make a statement game. And this isn't even going to be fair. 42-10. to 10. I could kiss you on the mouth. <laughs> I mean, I'm in the same boat as Jordan is. I do think that Nick Sirianni really t- took that loss to heart. Um, I think he's going to have these guys just absolutely ready and rearing to go. Um Similar to Jordan, I picked the Eagles to win 36 to 10. Hmm. 10 skis. I think something that is not really talked about as much, or we haven't talked about as much, is this is Nick Sirianni returning to Indy. 
where he was an offensive Truth. coordinator Truth. under Frank Reich. I think, A, he's going to want to win this game because, you know, of what happened last week. It's his old team. But also, like, he has a lot of knowledge on a lot of these players that are still in Indianapolis. He knows how they like to, you know, they didn't change the offense when Wright got fired. They just changed the play caller. Like, they're not changing that much. They look like the same Colts team. They want to run the ball. So let's go. Let's get fired up. Obviously, I'm going to take the Eagles because this is our get right game after we got punched in the mouth. A.J. Brown, 11 catches, 166 yards, and two touchdowns. The Eagles win 34-18 to in regulation. You pronounce Devontae Smith really weird. That's that's cool. No, he'll um, have six catches for 82 yards and a touchdown. Okay. Hey, we got the uh, Cowboys headed to Minnesota U.S. Bank Stadium. Let's go. Let's get fired up. The Vikings are eight and one, hosting the Cowboys six and three. And I don't know what the hell these betting sites and entities are thinking because I've seen the Cowboys as the favorite on the road after they just lost to the Packers. So, what is the NFL this year? Uh, Cowboys, according to Bet Online, currently a one point favorite on the road. So, get fucked, odd makers. Um, over under in this game, 47 and a half. Last week, obviously, the Vikings, tremendous win over the Buffalo Bills in probably the game of the year. We'll see if somebody can even come close to how competitive that game was. Uh, Cowboys lose to the Packers in overtime as well. Last time these two teams met, uh, last year, October 21st, the Cowboys did win 22-16. Sean, where are we at? Come on. I don't care if the Dallas Cowboys were playing the French Montana Squirrel Dusters. Skull Vikings, baby. 31-23. to This game's not even close. It's 31 to like 15 late in the game. Garbage time touchdown. Just complete dominance. The whole Dax back, so we're going to abandon the run thing, is so hilarious to me. Go ahead. Try to try to throw the ball in a shootout with Minnesota. Go ahead. I'd love to see it. it it's Dallas's offense is too predictable. I'm taking the Vikings. Squirtlebog? Uh Squirtle, Squirtle, Squirtle. Um I'm <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> I think you know where I'm going with this one. I got the Vikings winning this game. Um, I got them just kind of take it. Once again, we were just, you're just talking about it. I, I, I want, in a way, I kind of want to go Cowboys, but I think the Packers figured out a formula as far as controlling the Cowboys defense. Cowboys defense is what kept them in so many games because of their pass rush, getting into the quarterback, making turnovers, winning the turnover battle. And they figure out a way to slow down the pass rush and I think that's exactly what the Vikings are going to do. And they got to, I mean, their offense was, we've seen in the last game against the Bills. 
they were able to move the football, make some plays, make some key plays, and they're just going to continue to do the same thing against the Cowboys. So I got Vikings 27 to 19. Steve, how much the Cowboys going to win by? Uh, listen, <laughs> all the Vikings do is win one possession game. So we'll leave it at that. Skull Vikings, they win 26-24. Greg Joseph, walk-off field goal. That bounces off the upright and in. Because it's got to be interesting. (laughs) That's fine. That's fine. So long as it goes through. I don't care if it hits Victor the Viking up in the fucking 300 section and then goes through the uprights. So long as it counts. Or be like the guy that called in the stands. I don't know if you guys saw that, but he was in the stands and called it that he was going to get the ball, and it just so happens bounced to him, and he recorded the whole entire thing. <laughs> I want those That's odds. Yep. Yeah. All right, Jay, watch, Jay, watch, Jay, what? What's your game of the week, Bray? Uh, so my game of the week is going to be the Tennessee Tit Ants versus... Or at, I should say, the frozen dundra of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the six and three Titans leading their division uh, against four and six Packers. Hey, they got a win, but they're still four and six. Uh, this is going to be a primetime Thursday night game on. And this one, Packers, even though with the bad record, are still favored by three points over under 41. Uh, last week for both these teams titans defeated let's ride the broncos packers beat the cowboys and the last time that these two teams met was the covid season december 27 2020 packers got the win against the titans 40 to 14 jesus back when covid toe freaking aaron Rodgers was slinging it to Adams like nobody's business. But will this game be the same? What you got? What you got? What you got? What you got, Steve? It's a lot like Aaron <laughs> Rodgers said after the, uh, the last game. He quoted his favorite uh, musical artist of all time. That stop is the new go. And he said, no, we're not dead. Uh, Packers come out victorious in this game. In a, a real... A real close game, real nail biter. Packers victorious, twenty-one to twenty. Mm. Two hundred yards for Aaron Jones. Two hundred yards for Derrick Henry. Give me all the fantasy points. Wish in one hand and get fantasy points in the other. That's what I say. Not my chair, not my problem. Anyways, um, yeah, the Titans are six and three, and. If they don't rush the ball for 300 yards, they don't win. <laughs> Tannehill's ankle is still whatever it is up in the air. Will he play? Won't he play? Can he play? Does he want to play? Who knows? Malik Willis sure as hell doesn't have the offense around him he needs. It's another Jalen Hurts, Tua, Tungavaya, Loa, Justin Fields situation going on over there for him. I don't... I, let's keep rolling. Go Pack Go. 24-20. to 20. Cool. I will be against the grain. And the reason why I put this as my game of the week is because 
I see it as everybody's going to go with the Packers. And I feel like the Titans are going to come into Green Bay and they are going to get the win. Because why? A wide receiver that has fell off. Westbrook. Who is this guy? Was he drafted within the first two rounds? Yes, he was. And he produced last week with two tutties. And I feel like he's going to have an impact this, this game. And also, the run game is going to come back. They're going to come back. I got the Titans winning this one 24 to 18. 24 to 18. Mm. I hate Thursday night football with a passion. Hopefully, this is a good game, but we really haven't had any good Thursday night football games. And I wonder why, because these guys are still freaking hurt from the week before, and there's no practice, there's no game planning, but whatever. We've been through that. Soup, what's your game of the week? Oh, we got a good one here. And I know what a lot of people are thinking. I got the Cleveland Browns headed to Buffalo. That's right. The Browns 3-6 and six versus the Bills 6-3. and three. This is a 1 o'clock game on CBS. Uh, the Bucks are not an eight-point favorite in this game, so let me open up that online real quick. <laughs> the one thing that didn't change. Hey, and once again, we're still a- we're still able to have the Buccaneers as the game of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the Bills are an eight-point favorite. <laughs> My bad. Bills eight point favorite over under in this game forty one and a half. I just had to double check that real quick. Last week, take a look. The Browns steamrolled by the Dolphins, just no contest. And the Buffalo Bills lose to the Vikings. I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, he just called this the game of the week, so he could say the Bills lost to the Vikings." No, the reason I call this my game of the week is because it is expected. The weather in Buffalo could be three, two, six feet of snow during this game. So I hope you are not dependent on either of these teams in your fantasy league. Because if there is three to six feet of snow on the football field, you won't even be able to watch the game. (laughs) They may move this game to Sunday. (laughs) It is on Sunday. Oh. The last time these two teams met was November 10th of 2019. Browns were victorious in their resurgent 2019 year uh, as they beat the Bills 19-16. to Sean, does the thought that maybe there could be three feet of snow on the football field impact your decision whatsoever the only thing more ridiculous than a forecast of three to six feet of snow is paul white aka the big show debuting on aew tonight as captain insano a character he was 20 years ago did he really yes bills (laughs) 38 (laughs) rounds 10 38 to 10 blowout oh boy uh yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with the Bills too because even with snow, Josh Allen's still gonna steamroll over linebackers, 
quarterbacks, defensive tackles, your mama, anybody who decides to put their foot on that football field, he's just going to run right through them. Snow, no snow, doesn't matter. Elbow, whatever else, because nobody circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills. Except the Minnesota Vikings. Except for the Minnesota Vikings and two other teams. I have the Bills winning this one, too. Uh, we're going to say 28-13. to 13. I mean, I do once recall someone on this podcast saying the Bills would finish in last place in the division, and they're currently third in the division. So I'm just saying there's a chance. That being said, taking the Bills 12 to 6. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking asshole's going to get the uh, notable, too. That's two touch. That's three touchdowns and three missed extra points. <laughs> uh, they went for two. All didn't of them. get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The actual game of the week features two teams with losing records. We're talking about the three and seven mighty Chicago Bears going to Atlanta to face the four and six Atlanta Falcons. One o'clock game on Fox. If you're lucky enough to get this in your area. Atlanta has a three-point favorite over-under is 49. Last week, both of these teams lost. Bears to the Lions, Falcons to the Panthers. Last time they played was September 20, 2020. Bears won 30-26. to 26. Justin Fields, Marcus Mariotto. Running quarterbacks, let's go, baby. Jordan, what do you think? See if you can run it, run it. It's okay. How to flow. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're hired. <laughs> so <laughs> we have the obviously the losing teams. Uh, both these teams playoff implications are probably far and gone. I mean, the closest one would probably be the Falcons. Uh, because well, that division's absolute garbage. Uh. And also, you know, with these teams, it's more so I'd say close. Who's going to get the best draft pick? Uh, but exciting, it's somewhat exciting. I mean, we don't. It, it'd be a close game. Both teams pretty much the same. Exciting offense, flashy, but still able to make mistakes. Two defenses that eh, we don't really even know right now. Uh, but you know, for this one, I'm all for the the field's magic right now. What he's able to do, just running around, just finding lanes, whatever, just spicing it up. Uh, so I have to go with the Bears on this one. Uh, I'm going to go 21 to 15. 21 to 15 for the Chicago Bears. Chicago. Yeah. Chicago. I'm, uh, I'm going to ride the Bears as well. Uh, we'll take the Bears over the Falcons, uh, twenty-seven to twenty. Playing in a dome, I do think the addition of Chase Claypool great for the Bears. The Khalil Herbert injury makes them lean on one running back, which I think is going to be uh, a good thing for uh, David Montgomery because I. I you know, as much as a lot of these teams have done this dual running back thing, you know, try to keep guys fresh, 
try to keep him healthy. I do think a lot of the times these running backs need to get more touches in order to find a way, you know, to have success in a game. So I, I think that uh, the combination of Justin Fields and David Montgomery is uh, it's gonna it's gonna put up a lot of rushing offense for for the Bears, but Falcons a scrappy team, so should be a competitive and interesting game despite their records. I believe in Justin Fields' magic. I think this is the game they get a win. Finally get another win. Let's go. I'm going to take the Bears, 28, Atlanta, 27. I'm going to tell you what. This is a 27-21 game in the fourth quarter. Justin Fields is going to orchestrate that game-winning drive. And also, Young Way Koo, who, Koo, misses an extra point. That's the difference. Ouch. All right. So a couple of six and oh weeks for me and Sean and Jordan's four and two. Okay. Spicing it up, spicing it up. Spicy, spicy, spicy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Week yeah. eleven already, guys. See, Holy cow. Yeah. Sean and I'll end up going 0 and six, and Jordan will go two and four. You watch. <laughs> the fucking Colts win. I'm never coming back on this podcast again. <laughs> never. I swear to God, I will not. <laughs> You heard it here first on the uh, Week 11 Pick'em Show. I will join in on the slidecast to tell you how much I hate football. All right. That's going to wrap it up for the Week 11 Pick'em Show. Thank you guys for joining us. Good luck to your teams this week. I'm going to get all the notables. Go Birds. For Jordan. For Steve. Goodbye. <laughs>